Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to like the video and subscribe if you haven't already, and ring the notification bell in the upper right-hand corner. And if you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Ask a question, donate any dollar amount, and we will answer your question at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more, and we will dedicate the episode to you. And today's episode is dedicated to Shamsa. Thank you for your continued support and generosity. And I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer. Hello, Nate. It's great to be back. I know I've been gone, been busy, man. It's it's busy time. But um, I've been moving house, as as you know, a lot of the listeners probably know. But the house's move is done. And um, yeah, we're, uh, we should be back to, uh, well, hopefully we should be back to regular scheduling week in, week out. But it's great to great to be here. Yes, we should be back to our regular scheduled programming of, you know, new episode each week from here on out. And that's going to be our goal, you know, this year. Definitely I've had some rough scheduling times, but it's also been very busy. As you mentioned, you were moving and, you know, sometimes life just gets in the way. It does. As much as but, I hate it. <laughs> if we could do this every day, we would. But we can't. <laughs> but we have an, I would call this an important topic to discuss today in our comeback episode for the first day of August. And this is a topic that I have been marinating on for a couple of weeks. And it all started during the latter half of June, which concluded for Nintendo with a Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase. And I saw the reactions from not only the community, but also content creators, where many were very vocal with their outrage that the Nintendo Direct took the Partner Showcase format. And I understand that when the format was introduced back in 2020, the first presentation wasn't well received because the content of the show really wasn't all that hot. It was very mid. But when you look at the partner showcase that aired at the end of June this year, this was a quality show. You had Persona, yeah, Nier Automata, Mario Rabbid, Sparks of Hope. This was a big showcase with high profile games that were coming to the switch platform and the reception once it aired definitely shifted where people were more positive on it. There was still some negativity where people were upset that Nintendo did not have games in it, you know, as we would traditionally see in a general direct, but it reminded me of the idea that labels for these presentations seem to carry a lot of weight with individuals and i'm definitely of the notion that one shouldn't obsess with the label when it comes to the presentation now if you want to know in advance the type of format the show is going to have i can understand so that way you can set your expectations to what you're going to see but when i see like content creators rage and get angry Mm -hmm. about this To me, it feels as though it's outrage just for the sake of outrage and outrage for clicks. And that's essentially tabloid journalism, for lack of a better term, when it comes to YouTube coverage. And that's something that I would say we've seen a lot in the last several weeks, and we're going to see a lot more of it in the coming weeks. 
because the focus of today's episode is going to be the obsession with Nintendo Directs. And if this sounds familiar, it's because we did do an episode on this back in the infancy of the channel. But the focus of this conversation is going to differ slightly. I am not going to reference communities, fans, Mm -hmm. Reddit, anything like that in this conversation. This conversation is going to primarily aim at content creators because the obsession that Nintendo and just in general, in general YouTube content creators have on a Nintendo direct is becoming dangerous and borderline unacceptable. Mm -hmm. So in the, I was, I was just gonna I was gonna say real quick. Yeah. So let, let's let's talk about that for a sec. Um, so we were all expecting a uh, we, we were all expecting Nintendo to announce something for June, right? Uh, we were expecting because you know Sony and Microsoft had announced their their um, shows. So we were expecting. I guess a lot of people were wondering where where the general direct was, and when they did announce the partner showcase, which like you said, was actually really, really good. There was some great quality Mm -hmm. that was shown at that direct. What I recall was, well, this is the big one. There is, there is another one that's coming right Um, Mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks or something like that. And it never came. And I think a lot of that, like you said, really had to do with a lot of expectations that were being set by content creators saying, don't worry, the the next one is, you know, the general is on the way, the general is on the way. You know, we've heard rumors, we've heard this and that, and it mm-hmm. never happened. And you're right. I think, you know, there's a there's a point where, you know, we we have to stop looking at at you know previous years and making assumptions yes. and opinions on what's gonna happen this year. Especially when it yes. comes to Nintendo. Sure, there, there's precedent there. And the only the only way to look forward is to look to the past, right? And and kind of look at what's happened in previous years. But this year has been such a very – it's been an up-and-down year for Nintendo. I mean, it's been – they've definitely had some highs, and I think they're, they're coming into the end of – or the second half of this year with a lot of momentum and a lot of really good announcements and probably some that we haven't heard about yet as well. But, they've you know, it's been a bit up and down for them. So I think – you know the way that they've approached the um, the summer, where they didn't actually give us a general direct, was the right move because at the end of the day, you don't need to force a general direct onto someone, especially when you don't really have that much stuff to show, right? I mean, we know we know a lot of the announcements that are happening, and there are some that we don't know, but I think ultimately the reason why we didn't get one was because I don't feel like Nintendo really had enough there to say we need to do a general direct right now. And I think a lot of the content creators that you mentioned, a lot of them just, I guess they must have missed that fact and and just assumed that, hey, there's definitely something happening. There's something happening because it happened last year, happened the year before, happened the year before that. You know, it's the Switch, it's hype. We're going to get a big announcement. We're going to get a big direct. And it never came. And you're right. I think they have a responsibility to really look closer at what Nintendo is telling you. I mean, look at at their, their Twitter drops that they've done. They've really just, you know, 
marketed and communicated via Twitter, and they've done a, an amazing job of it. I would say probably better than Microsoft and Nintendo. Uh, sorry, better than Microsoft and Sony at at, at communicating, you know, mm-hmm. announcements. So, yeah, look, I agree with you, Nate. Um, content creators really do need to, you know, just take a step step back and and look at the information in front of them. Don't speculate. Don't look at you know at these kind of sketchy message boards that say there is something happening. Um, I mean, look, it, it's, it's clicks, it's views. I get it. I make YouTube videos as well, but generally speaking, you know, I, I'm not someone that's going to, you know, speculate, make a speculation video on, on something that probably isn't going to happen because, you know, there was, it was never going to happen in the first place. It's the, that's the thing is that, Fans, you can go to Twitter, you can go to forums, you can go to Reddit, you can go to any community. You can speculate about when you are anticipating a direct, the format, what games could be there. That's fine in the fandom. You have that right to do it. But when you are a content creator, you should respect your audience's time and intelligence and not create weekly, daily Nintendo Direct timing rumors. And I'm using the term rumor here, not speculation. They label them rumor. And then when nothing happens, it's just going to start a new rumor. Yeah. And none of the rumors actually have foundation. It's often just taken from an offhand comment that someone made or speculation that someone is making that they then turn into a rumor for those clicks. And that is a tragedy. It's unacceptable. And as you mentioned, like you're, yeah, you're a content creator. We also have this show. Yeah. We didn't make a direct rumor discussion. (laughs) Right. Because it's baseless. It's senseless. There's no value in that. And again, this is just targeting content creators who do, and they full well know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they're just doing it because they are following patterns. They're doing it because it gets them clicks. It was a slow period of time for Nintendo and they reach desperation mode. So they're going to create fake content to fabricate these clicks and get attention to their channels because they don't know what else to cover. Yeah. And that's a problem. And as you mentioned, when, when it comes to Nintendo, you had the partner, you know, you had the partner showcase, mm-hmm. a lot of third party content there. A lot of it was high profile. A lot of it looks great coming this year. Some of it early next year. Overall, a fantastic presentation. And then that led to, as you mentioned, a lot of people saying, well, it must mean there's going to be a general direct sometime in July because we know, you know, Mario Kart 8 DLC still has to be discussed. Splatoon 3 is right around the corner. There's other things Nintendo can talk about. They, they have to show us Bayonetta 3 and, and, yes. and everything else that they hadn't talked about yet at the time. And look what Nintendo does. Yeah. They pivot to Twitter. And you know what happens when they pivot to Twitter? Those announcements become a focal point of conversation for the day that Nintendo chooses to release the information. Yep. Look at what happened just a couple of days ago with the Mario Kart eight DLC pack too. It gets announced on Twitter earlier in the morning and people talk about it. They talk about how it has a brand new track that wasn't featured in any prior Mario Kart game and it wasn't in Mario Kart tour. And then people 
also talk about how Nintendo continues to ignore Mario Kart Double Dash when it comes to <laughs> DLC content. But you can also look at Bayonetta. Bayonetta 3 gets dated. And, you know, you have the special edition also get unveiled at the same time. What happens? Everyone's talking about Bayonetta 3. They're talking about the release date. They're looking online, trying to find ways to buy that special edition version of the game. That was the focus for Nintendo on that day or in that given week. And people also look at times where they say, well, this week's about you know Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Nope, also Mario Kart. Right. Nintendo can use Twitter to their advantage to control the conversation and the flow of that conversation to their benefit because they allow the games that they want to have the spotlight on get the spotlight that that game deserves. Had you thrown in you know, Bayonetta 3, the Mario Kart DLC, and such, in a direct, like the partner showcase, let's say all this content was in a single direct. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, maybe near Automata, it gets overshadowed by Bayonetta 3. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, I, you as Nintendo, you want your partners to be happy. Right. You want Platinum and Square to feel happy that their games are getting a lot of conversation. And that's why you have that partner showcase. Yeah. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. So after the partner showcase had aired. Were you thinking that there was going to be a general direct at some point? Because for me, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but for me, once the partner showcase came and went, I was like, well, I mean, I think the message here is very, very clear that Nintendo isn't going to show us a general direct probably until we'll say September where, you know, we expect to see, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe some more Breath of the Wild 2 or something. Did you get that feeling that there was going to be another direct after the partner showcase? Because like once that was once that was announced and it came and went, I was like, yeah, I I, th- I think Nintendo is is done for the summer. I think that I think that's it. If there was ever going to be any other form of a direct, it would have been in the form of a mini that would have focused primarily on Nintendo games, and we have seen that format happen in the past. And instead of doing that format, Nintendo instead opted to do their "quote unquote" Twitter directs, where each week they had one or multiple Twitter drops of varying levels in terms of you know importance, scattered throughout the course of the month of July, and it's very likely can continue into the month of August, and. That's a fine format. I never expected a general direct to follow in July. Mm -hmm. It always would have been something smaller just for Nintendo games where they felt as though they had to get out immediate information on the games that 
are releasing soon yeah or content that was in the immediate like the mario kart dlc right but they've proven time and time again that twitter is a perfect place for that and when you look at a game like bayonetta 3 people could say well that deserves a direct placement the game was announced in a direct we saw it in a direct last year we really don't need to see another trailer in a direct format if you're just going to yes. date the game. Yes. Go to Twitter. And and to be completely transparent about this, the what they showed at the direct for Bayonetta 3 was a little sketchy, a little rough. The trailer that they showed us um, recently was excellent. Like it, it really has turned me around on that game because I was questioning, I think the last time we recorded, I, I, I'm i not sure if I said it on the air or if we talked about it, you know, off the air, but I was concerned about the state of Bayonetta 3. I felt like maybe it would get bumped into next year, early next year, still in this fiscal year, but I was worried mm-hmm. about where it was at. But this last trailer that, um, that was shown that Nintendo did a Twitter drop of was excellent. And it's really put my mind at ease on that game. And I think it's going to be a good one. And, that's that's kind of what Nintendo is going for. They they want you to, you know, to take notice. And you're right. They will do one Twitter announcement and you've basically digesting that information, just that that solitary piece of information for the entire day or for the entire week or whatever it takes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, look, th- there was no reason to have a July general direct this year, um, especially after the partner. I felt like... Yep, the messaging here is very, very clear. Yes, we will we will probably get another direct before the end of this year. Most likely in September, I would say. Uh, and I'll definitely get your thoughts on that too. But for summer, yeah, I think, you know, they they handled it, you know, the way that I think most companies should have done and they, they did it really well based on mm-hmm. what they have and what they have yet to show us. And, you know, I think really now it's it's you know it's more along the lines of what are they going to give us in september at this point you see that's going to be the thing is now we're in august and you know immediately we're going to have content creators saying direct in september direct yeah. in august and we're going to have the weeks of this anticipation and this clickbait content that is devoid of substance mm-hmm. and value that solely exists for the clicks. It's not even for conversation or discussion. It's just to put out this expectation or hope and dream of what may happen because they're looking into patterns that Nintendo has shown to differentiate from. And they like to create discrepancies in their own way that... Yeah, when you look at September, Nintendo has been very consistent with September. And it's largely due to Tokyo Game Show. Nintendo does not participate at the Tokyo Game Show, but they like to host a direct within the vicinity, usually a week prior to when that presentation or that convention takes place. I 100% anticipate that a direct will take place in September. Mm -hmm. Now, that's going to lead to people saying, well, it's going to be a general or a partner. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. If Nintendo has something that they feel they have to get out and that they have to discuss with the general public, then it would be a general direct. If they want to show Breath of the Wild 2 and give us the official title to the game, that would 
probably be the venue that they would choose to do so. However, if Nintendo is looking at their own software output for the remainder of 2022 or this coming fiscal year and say, we can still wait a little while, then maybe September isn't the opportune time for them to do it. Now, given that they still have to date and announce games for the second half of 2022 and even early 2023 at this point, September does feel as though it is a good window of time for Nintendo to host a general direct. That way they can date games like Metroid Prime Remaster for holiday 2022. You don't need a large marketing window for that game. You need two to three months, Mm -hmm. and September fits that timeline well. You could also date games like the next Fire Emblem mainline game for early 2023 in September. And if you want to give the title for Breath of the Wild 2 in September, if the game still is on track for spring 2023, it's a fine window to do it. So, yes, when a Direct airs in September, it would very likely take the format of a general Direct, but there is always that possibility that it is a partner showcase. Yeah, easily. Could be could be anything. You know, it could be a mini, like you said, as well. It really just depends on what the roadmap looks like. Because, you know, for Uh me, I think the big, the biggest reason why there was not a general direct in June was because Nintendo didn't have enough meat to put together a general direct, you know, like, yes, sure. We know about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. We know about Bayonetta. We know about the Pokemon games. We know about um, uh, Splatoon 3, but I don't think that's enough to put together a general direct. You know, and I think the things that we don't know about, maybe they're not quite ready to be announced yet. Maybe, you know, maybe we just had to sit on those things a little bit longer. So I think they just took a look at what they had and said, no, we don't need to do this. You know, there's no reason for us to do this. It doesn't make any sense to us to to make this happen right now. And that's the thing. It can even just be from a pure marketing standpoint. Let's say for the sake of the discussion right now that they had hosted a general direct in june when the partner showcase took place and in that general direct they announced metroid prime remaster right okay now before that game comes to market you still had the mario kart dlc Mm -hmm. live alive or however you pronounce the name of that game xenoblade chronicles 3 splatoon 3 with a splat fest or a splat test fire that would take place before that game releases now all of a sudden, that's a lot of news yeah. that is taking precedent over Metroid Prime's November or holiday release. Yes. So isn't it in your interest to hold that announcement to September mm-hmm. and allow it time to breathe on its own life yeah. and come to market seven, eight weeks later after being announced. That way, it's that rapid fire, kind of like we saw with Metroid Dread. It was announced, you have a marketing blitz on Twitter, and boom, all of a sudden, the game's in your hand. There's no meandering, waiting for the game to come. It's announced, boom, it's in your hand. That's what Nintendo's been doing with a lot of their releases over the last couple of years. They're doing a blitz of marketing. They get you excited for the game, and then it's out. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was announced in... February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. The game was announced in February, comes out in July. That is a quick turnaround. Very Splatoon quick. 3, 
was you know was announced last year i'm sure if nintendo the game was delayed so i'm sure that's something that nintendo maybe looked at and said well you know in retrospect maybe we could have held that announcement a little longer breath of the wild 2 we all know the problem with that game yeah but when you do these quick marketing blitzes you get more pre-orders and you get a lot more hype and excitement from the community Sony is even looking to kind of doing similar with some of their games. The Last of Us remake announced in July, or was it June? Yep. Comes out in September. Mm-hmm. God yep. of War Ragnarok. Yes, it was announced a while ago, but the release was just given this month, or is given in July, comes out in November. It's quick. Yeah. There's no lag between. It's just boom, boom, boom. Yep. And that's why I want to see from Nintendo moving forward. If you don't have something that is a megaton caliber and a general direct for June that is coming out, you know, in September. Yeah. Hold it. Right. And hold it for its own presentation. Yeah. And I think it just reaffirms what I was saying, what you just said. I feel like, yeah, they have things. They have irons in the fire right now. They have probably quite a few Mm -hmm. of them. But they probably just took a look at what they had and said, no, we, we need to sit on this a little longer because some of these things aren't going to happen um, this year. So, you know, that September time slot is is kind of key for them to really, like you said, show us what is remaining to come out this year. And there's probably at least one or two more things that we were expecting to see come out this year. Yeah. Metroid is one of them. I um, mm-hmm. don't know what the other one would, could be. It could be anything. And next year, Breath of the Wild, right? We're going to probably going to hear more about that so i think yeah i mean again you know this is the right play by nintendo that they didn't have to force this direct because it was june and that's what should always happen they Mm -hmm. they made the right choice and unfortunately going back to what you said about you know um content creators they didn't really you know see look at that information that was in front of them and you know why one of those reasons are A lot of content creators out there view June as the pivotal point of time in the year where it's now or never. It's halfway through the year. Are we past that it's now or never point in video games, especially with with games being so difficult to make and and ship and get out the door? It's, It's now or never when the game is ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. like A few months before it's ready to go, you know. I mean, if if we were having this conversation in the second half of November and saying, well, I guess, you know, can Nintendo still release Metroid this year? Yes, they could. Yeah, they could. It could still come out in December. Right. It's June is not the now or never point when it comes to marketing for a calendar year. Yeah. That's just a, that's just a point of time that because E3 used to dominate the industry for so many years that you had publishers and developers congregate to give windows of future projects and to date things for the holiday seasons because when E3 was really an important piece to the industry, you also had merchandisers, you had retailers go to that convention and they got their marketing plans and they were able to learn about stock allocations Mm -hmm. from publishers and suppliers where they had to know hey what is the holiday game coming from nintendo this year right and they wanted to know that in june so they could begin their marketing and their advertising blitz so they could make money well the brick and mortar stores that sell video games 
outside of GameStop no longer really exist. It's not an, it's not a major industry anymore. And companies have now shifted to this digital storefront yeah. so they can hold back a lot of these announcements. And a perfect example of this, September 2020, on September 3rd, Nintendo announced Super Mario 3D All-Stars. It came out retail two weeks later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Yep. So Nintendo still has ample time to announce their second half lineup for 2022 and their early 2023 lineup. But the content creators to go out there and create this type of content to panic and put fear into the base is doing it without knowledge of how the sector works. And enough is enough. Stop clinging to the Frankenstein, which is the Nintendo Direct. And this is the thing with the Direct, is that the concept, brilliant. Nintendo created a marketing masterpiece with the Direct. Mm -hmm. But it has mutated into this Frankenstein due to expectation put on it by... You know, I'll use content creators again as the example here, where it's just this hype beast, where if it then doesn't meet the needs of the creator, the direct is out of date. It's a it's a waste of time. It's 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 a failure because Nintendo didn't communicate to us this month with a direct, but they communicated with us on twitter and they gave us ample news but they say but we need a direct you don't need a direct right you can make your video saying we need a direct this month but we don't need the direct in truth you know who needs the direct you do yes the content creator saying that we need a direct and you need the direct because you have no other content to create yeah i mean there's definitely something to be said about that you know um because i mean look most content creators do very well with Nintendo Directs, right? Like they'll they'll yes. pull in the views, they'll get some ad revenue. And look, hey, I'm I'm not here to to say anything about anyone's hustle. You know, um, I know what YouTube's all about, Nate, you do as well. You know, the grind is is real and make your money. But I also feel like you know, you have responsibility to your audience to be honest and upfront about things as well. Um, and you know, these these videos about directors happening next week and stuff like that i mean those those types of things are just very very hard for me to really just take seriously and honestly nate i don't really watch many of those anyway because usually the source that provides this info is questionable um or sometimes it's simply willing into existence something that they think is about to happen you know and that's the thing is that a lot of it is willing it into existence or it's a random 4chan post that has no context beyond just saying a date and they make the content because it's low-hanging fruit and it's almost one of those situations where if you are in the viewing audience go to the comment section yeah leave your comment saying i've had enough of this type of clickbait or are you misleading your audience with this type of content? And once you leave that comment, don't come back to give a hate click the next right. day when it recycles, you stay away from the channel permanently. Mm-hmm. Let them win your trust back. Let them earn your trust back because 
all I saw during the month of July was, oh, look, look at the, look at the Splatoon lineup. Nintendo skipped this week. That must mean there's a direct coming. And it wasn't just one video from some content content creators. Mm-hmm. It was two, three, four. Yeah. Saying the same thing. And if you want to speculate about that, put that in your title. Say we're speculating that due to this auto mission in the Splatoon tournament timing, that maybe something is happening this week. Don't say rumor. Don't say report. You're speculating about it. You just happen to notice a slight anomaly and you're going to force and will a direct rumor into it because that's the content you're looking to create. Now, if you're a fan and you see this and you want to speculate about it on a forum, Twitter, wherever, that's fine. By all means, do so. That's a good conversation for you as the community to have. But it's not news. It's not a it's not a rumor. It's not a report. It's a curiosity Mm -hmm. that you can keep your eye on and say, well, you know what? Nothing. Nintendo doesn't have anything scheduled for that week of July. Now, me as the content creator. Maybe I'd be a little vigilant on Monday or Tuesday of that week for Nintendo to put a tweet out announcing a direct for that, you know, later in the second half of that week. Yeah. And that's all you should do. You don't need to make weekly topics, daily topics on it. Let the beast lay. And when it's time for the direct beast to wake up, let it. Yeah. It's you don't need to have this obsession where you're continuing to propagate the idea that a direct is right around the corner. Let it come naturally. Yeah, I mean, you you completely nailed everything that I was about to say. It's it's really just you know, I mean, you're right. You know, we as content creators, we we should have a responsibility to really just provide the information that's presented to us, um, rather than you know trying to will something into existence. You know, to in order to get maybe, you know, a couple of thousand more views or whatever um, on a video. It's really something that I feel like there's definitely a responsibility there that that, they, that people really have to, to take notice. And, you know, June was an interesting month. You're right. Like it came and went. There was the partner and and that mm-hmm. was kind of about it. And, you know, there's this void that people are expecting something to get filled in. And really all that, that happened was a bunch of Twitter drops which I think was the right move for Nintendo. They didn't have to give right. us another direct. You know? Yeah, and I enjoy the Twitter drops. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I thought, like, I thought it, they were actually very refreshing to get them. Yeah, because it's unexpected. Yeah, it's a little tidbit of information. It's a cool mm-hmm. announcement. There's, again, like the thing about directs is, you know, a, a good Nintendo direct is something where people walk away and everyone is happy because they got they got something that they wanted. You know, everyone got a piece of the direct that they were happy with you know um there's something there for everyone these twitter drops uh, are really kind of filling that void quite nicely because yeah you know i don't care about splatoon 3 but you might and you're you're excited about that that message um i'm excited about the bayonetta 3 trailer because i thought it looked really great but you may not care about Bayonetta 3. And, you know, so I think there's definitely a lot to be said about how they're approaching this. And I should add that Furukawa himself even mentioned this about two years ago now, maybe 18 months ago, 
that although the direct is still their main form of communication, they were looking at other ways to market and present information. And I think we're starting to, not starting to, we're definitely seeing that, you know, delivered this year. So, yeah, I mean, for me at the end of the day, yes, Nintendo Directs will continue. They're definitely not going away. The June Direct, there's uh-huh. a really great chance it'll probably come back next year, depending on what Nintendo has up their sleeve. And it all comes back to what their roadmap of deliverables looks like. Uh-huh. So, you know, um, don't put put down your calculators and your graph paper and your statistics <laughs> and your probabilities and, and and all that. Just look look to see what what it, the road ahead looks like, and and kind of and just make a call from that. And you see, like what you just said, there reminded me of. One of the rumors we saw in June, which you had numerous content creator channels saying the direct is going to be June 15th. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot and all about that. Yeah. It was based on a embargo for Neon White. That's right. And it the only valid reason that anyone would say, well, this has to be linked to the direct was because they had made the assumption that the 15th is around the general time that Nintendo hosts their June Direct. Mm -hmm. So they connected it to it, despite it being completely unrelated. It was actually in Jeff Keighley's show, I believe. That's right. And they forced that rumor into reality. And then when it didn't happen, despite having sources telling them that was the day, it was, oh... Well, I was 99.999% certain that it was going to happen that day, but it didn't. And it was, no, you were 99.9% certain it was going to happen that day because that's what history had dictated to you. Yes. There was never any reason for you to believe that date. And then you just happened to have this leaked embargo come out that had the date. And all you actually had to do was look at the timing of the embargo because the timing for the embargo lift would have been the hour that the direct would have started. Mm -hmm. The embargo would have expired after the show, not at the start of the show, because that doesn't make any sense. Right, right. (laughs) And I mean, that's we're going to see it this month in August. It's going to be a damn shame. It's going to upset me. Not to the point, like, I'm not angry about this. That's why I want to emphasize. I'm not angry about this. I am disappointed that in the calendar year of 2022, that we still have checkbook journalism and that and to give it a better term it's you have coverage for the sake of money yeah there's no value to the coverage beyond the creator getting some money yeah. in their account and they are fully aware that the content is trash mm-hmm. and that they're shoveling their audience trash because the audience is consuming it and the audience should not be treated like swine. It's like they're forcing it down their throats. Yes, it's we know you're hyped about a direct because nothing's happened. So we're gonna we're gonna make this every other day until you stop coming back to the trough. Yeah, but a lot of people come to the trough mm-hmm. and they eat the filth because they're conditioned to do it. Yeah, let's break away from that. Condition. Yep. Let's let's demand better content creation. That's where the industry should be moving when it comes to journalism and reporting. Should have some accountability. 
not daily rumors of a direct or is this going to be the day the DLC comes out? Doesn't happen. Well, let me make a let me make another video. Is it going to be tomorrow? Didn't happen. Is it going to be the day after? How about you just let it happen? Right, right. Like, what is your senseless rumor video adding to the community or to the discussion? It's adding nothing. Yeah. Because you're not having a discussion with your audience. If you want to have that discussion with your audience, do it as a live stream with a sensible headline where you're just exploring the possibilities of when something could come. Don't put rumor in your headline. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Nintendo's definitely made the message very, very, very clear. So, you know, it's yeah, really, and uh, up to the content creators now. And their message was, you think you know what we're going to do you and don't. you're wrong. Yeah. Because we know what we're doing and we can pivot and move and we can do whatever we want. You're fixated on tradition and Mm-hmm. And that's all you obsess over. It's, well, this has always happened, so it must happen again this year. So I'm going to make a rumor because because tradition has typically held, if I make the rumor, I'm going to look like I know what I'm talking about. But then it doesn't happen. And you know what happens? You look like an idiot. <laughs> and that's what June, that's what happened in June. A lot of people looked foolish. But yeah. it didn't matter because they immediately pivoted to, Something must be happening in July, and now it's August 1st, and what's going to happen? Something must be happening in August. Right. But no, maybe we'll skip August, and we're going to say something must be happening in September. I mean, eventually it's going to come true. Eventually, yes. Yeah. And you know what? You know the next time we're going to talk about a direct? When it's announced that we give some of our predictions what could be in there. Yeah. We're not going to be speculating about any dates of when it could be happening, when it will happen, if it will happen. Because ultimately, it's going to happen when Nintendo wants it to happen. The Rex will come back in 2022. It's not like they're gone for good. They're just going to come when Nintendo needs them most. Yep. Which will be later this year. Now, after that fiery episode, we can go into some Streamlabs questions. And the first Streamlabs question comes from Arkansas64, who donated $3 and writes, Can we expect anything else in the Switch lifecycle from the Microsoft-Nintendo partnership? We've had, we've had Minecraft and Banjo. What about other rare properties like 007, Rare Replay, or even Game Pass on Switch? Well, GoldenEye will be coming to the Nintendo Switch. It's just a matter of when, not if. The belief is that the game has been held back in terms of being announced due to the Russian-Ukrainian war. And the original hope was to have the game out this year to celebrate the anniversary. But we're now in August, so if the anniversary is still in the cards, we should hear about it this month. So we should find out very soon what's happening with GoldenEye. As for other properties... I wouldn't expect anything else at this point. There were rumors a couple of years ago that Rare Replay was something that was in very serious talks about coming to Nintendo Switch. But as is the case with all partnerships and deals, until the signature ink is dry, even then cancellations can happen, plans can change. The fact that we haven't heard anything about it at this point would suggest to me 
that rare replay is unlikely to come to switch it also could have evolved into nintendo switch online getting some of those rare games instead yep uh game pass for switch was a very real conversation that microsoft and nintendo were having a couple of years ago this went as far as microsoft has an internal prototype of game pass running on switch it simply was not to be and it's likely just a business deal that prevented this from coming true but outside of goldeneye and maybe some nso type releases you know perfect dark banjo tooie stuff like that Jet Force, i don't think maybe. we'll see yeah maybe maybe that yeah i wouldn't expect too much from the microsoft nintendo partnership then had a five dollar donation from Barrand. right hello kind gentlemen i would like to ask the following is there a chance that Nintendo will take a more risky approach in any of its IPs by testing something new. I am talking about something like she did with Metroid Prime 1 back in GameCube. Thank you. Hmm. I mean, Nintendo's definitely been a little less risky this generation than what we've seen in prior generations. Yeah. I would say the riskiest game that we've seen Nintendo release this generation was... Ring Fit Adventure. Yep. Um, but we saw them experiment a lot during the Wii DS and even the Wii U. But I mean, I would love to see Nintendo take those gameplay risks because that is exciting to me when they really push the boundaries of what they can do in game design and direction. So I would love to see them take one of their IP and do something radical like that shift from third person to first person for Metroid was something a lot of people had doubted. They were certain that this new studio known as retro was going to destroy Metroid. Mm -hmm. Instead, they made one of the best games of all time. Yeah. So I mean, I would love to see something like that. Yeah. I mean, very, very good point. You know, the GameCube era, even though I give it a hard time, um, there was a <laughs> lot of really, really cool stuff that came out of it. Eternal Darkness, Wind Waker HD got the the cartoon graphics, but a lot of people initially were very, very concerned about that as well. It ended up being a fantastic game, as we know. A lot of risks were taken, and a lot of them paid off. Some of them didn't, of course. But, yeah, it would be really cool to see Nintendo take some more risks, especially now when... You know, they have so much money in capital and, and they're so liquid. You know, they have so much money in the bank where they can maybe, you know, do a couple of these things. But Furukawa doesn't seem that concerned. He's he's happy with the way things are going and who can blame him? I mean, things are going exceptionally well for them. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could look at Kirby and say maybe they did a little risk by going full 3d with kirby yeah. and it was still able to retain a lot of the 2d elements um i mean i was personally expecting a little more out of that kirby game in terms of evolution and the utilization of the 3d concept but i mean that was a slight gamble there if not they were dipping their toe i would say there mm-hmm. but they definitely have the ip that they could do risky ideas with like f-zero Take a chance. Yeah. The the IP hasn't had a new release in, you know, 20 years. So if you make a bad entry, what did you lose? Right. You're not doing it with it, anything with it anyways. Even Star Fox. 
Yeah. Evolve the formula. Take a chance. Again, if it fails, you don't harm the IP. You're sitting on it. So just, you know, try. You might find, you might, you know, get lightning in a bottle, but you won't know unless you take that chance. True. We then had a $2 donation from Liam Werner, who writes, two-parter. Does the Switch OLED always look better than the original? In Austin John Play's video, he pointed out that it has a smaller pixel density, so pictures don't always look as sharp. I think, at least my eyes, um, the OLED is far superior. Uh, I don't know anything about pixel density and stuff like that. Um, the OLED is far and away a, a much better screen for me. Simple as that. And the second question is, can a non-4K TV still display a better image with the Pro's DLSS? Depending on how it would be configured, yes. theoretically, yes. Because let's, let's use a game like Xenoblade Chronicles 3 as the example. If DLSS was to boost the game's resolution from sub 1080p, if you're on a 1080p set, it should now go to 1080p. Right. Even if it's downscaling from that 4K image to 1080p. Well, so you'd sad. still get those benefits. Yeah, you would definitely get those benefits, I would say. Mm. It'd be very disappointing if not. That'd be such a huge yeah. mistake on Nintendo's part. <laughs> then had a $10 donation from Colin, who writes, I may not have much money, but I want to say thanks for the one minute of fame. LOL. Peace, love, live long and prosper. Thank you, Colin. We appreciate it. Yes, we do. Then had a $3 donation from Ziggy XY60. Writes, with Odyssey turning five this year, when will we see what's next for Mario? Odyssey was released four years after 3D World, even though the team made Captain Toad in the meantime. Whether the next Mario is a sequel or not, are we long overdue for a new win? We are overdue for a new Mario. And as we kind of said in this episode, it's August 1st. Who's to say they don't announce a Mario in September? Mm. That's not a rumor. That's not even that's not even speculation. It's just a what if before yeah. somehow I see this on a yep. content creator video. Yep. News outlets are going to be running the story tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, Nate. But, I mean, we could see a new Mario game get announced. I mean, there's been rumors about it. It's probably mm -hmm. time we got one. But on the flip side, yes. Nintendo doesn't have to give us a new Mario game. They could. We could. We could be waiting till the next generation before we got mm -hmm. a, another one. But I, I think the good money is on. There is more to come from Mario, and maybe, maybe we'll hear about it this year. Yeah, I mean, if. I'd say if one isn't announced this year, I would say early next year, maybe closer to when the movie comes out. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we're definitely overdue. Yeah. So, just a matter of time. That had a dollar donation from Jackie G, who writes, When does Breath of the Wild 2 finally get a name? I would wager either September or early 2023 it's all about the marketing for this game yeah. and how close or pivotal the title of the game has to do with the gameplay mechanics that nintendo is keeping under wraps i'm gonna so, say early 2023 
I think the the name mm. of this game, you're right, Nate, has maybe some bearing on the story and the and spoilers and stuff. So I think they're going to keep yeah. it up their sleeve as long as they can. Yeah, limit that. Keep time limited on it. Limit speculation and potential of leaks or even, you know, unfounded rumors that raise expectations that the game would never satisfy. So, yeah, if you keep it close to chest as long as possible, it's not like they really have to give the title even. They just have to give it the day before the game really comes out or the game ships. It's not like it really has that much bearing on whether or not you're going to play it. Could be called Breath of the Wild. Uh, too many games. <laughs> I don't care. Ben had a dollar sixty nine donation from Mister Studmoffin, who writes: "Too many games was fun. Can't believe we got an actual in person appearance by Nate the Hate. The paper bag in Hot Wiener was a nice touch. Whoever cosplayed as me, I tip my hat to you. But I was not there. So you say, Ben had a I was definitely not there. <laughs> then had a follow-up $1.69 donation from Mr. Studmuffin. Writes, hope MVG shows up next year. Would love to get his signature on my four copies of Balan. Well, As for RGT85, seems like he's scared of a little Metroid game reaching 3 million copies. As his lawyer. <laughs> What do you have to say about his lack of attendance at TMG? I ceased being Sean's lawyer as soon as Nintendo officially reported that sales of Metroid Dread were below 3 million figures. And as for his lack of appearance at TMG, I would suspect that's probably going to be the norm moving forward. (laughs) Pretty hard to get him to leave his house. That's true. I, I will try to come out next year I, <laughs> unless I'm moving house again, which I won't be. Oh, uh, God. Um, I'm, uh, I'm never moving house again, Nate. You heard it here. You heard it here first. Uh, unless there's something something else going on, um, I will try to make it out there next year. We'll see. I will not be there next year. I am well, committing, then, then I am committing to not going a year in advance. I'm not going then if you're not going to be there. Uh, I do PAX East. I may actually do that next year. That's worth doing. I, this, yeah. I don't. I don't know if Night Dive ever has a booth there. No, not typically. Um, but you know, there's always there's always a first time. You know. <laughs> Pax East is definitely worth doing. TMG it just doesn't feel like my scene. But Mr. Stud Muffin followed up with a third dollar sixty nine donation, and writes as always: keep up the great work. I constantly look forward to the next episode. You guys have expanded my gaming knowledge more and more with each podcast and made me put amazing games on my radar that I would have never known about. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Then had a $3 donation from Jared Helder. Writes, if you look at Nintendo's mission statement, they clearly state that they want to surprise people. With that being the case, do predictions become less focused on patterns like delisting a video and more about things you are hearing? If we are doing a prediction type of show, it is things that we are hearing. We're not looking at a delisting of a video on a YouTube channel yeah. to indicate anything is in the immediate future. Like we talked about this whole episode. I don't look to patterns. No, never. I look to information that is presented to me. I look at hard 
stats, yeah. not uh, video delisting or this is the typical time of the year that something happens. No, because patterns can change. Yeah, I mean, I think for us, we we take a, a, a look at what's on the roadmap and we also throw in a couple of curveballs and maybe will a couple of things into the universe and see see if that mm-hmm. if that comes out. But yeah, we're certainly not there like looking at delisted videos and and stuff like that. That's not I'm not interested in doing that. I, I find that stuff very tedious and very frustrating. So I'm not yeah, really that into into that kind of stuff. It's exhausting. We then had a dollar donation from Liam Warner. He writes this question is broken up into two Streamlabs. Smash DLC was probably a licensing licensing nightmare. And they couldn't use it as a benefit for Switch Online because of third-party characters. Yet they still made a Season 2 of the DLC from the ground up, Part 2. So is it possible that Mario Kart could get a second season of DLC since they are Tor ports and is a Switch Online benefit that they can sell with it as well? It would be a massive waste if they didn't, and the next game could be a while. If there's probably a huge demand and it's a very profit, profitable endeavor, Nintendo could definitely add a second season of DLC mm-hmm. to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. But the fact that the DLC season already spans two years, yep. I would be very surprised if Nintendo opted to do an additional one. I think that they're doing this because they want Mario Kart 8 Deluxe to be the focus Mario Kart for this generation mm-hmm. and they're not looking to do a Mario Kart 9 until at the earliest yeah. 2024, 2025. Yeah. So there's this way they can continue to sell millions and millions of copies of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and allow fans to get new content fairly regularly every four months or so for the next how much more time we got? Another 16 months. He then had a $3 donation from Aronson. He writes, hello, both of you. Love your podcast, so keep up the good work. I wanted to ask you if you happen to know or hear about Devil May Cry 4, at least potentially 5 and Devil May Cry, coming to Switch since the first three happened. If not, any feels or predictions? I have not heard about those three games coming to Switch. My feelings... And speculation would be that if we haven't seen them yet, I would kind of side with it's unlikely to happen. The fact that Devil May Cry 4 is not on the platform yet kind of suggests to me that maybe the trilogy didn't sell well. Yeah, I would agree. And Capcom just doesn't have the interest of porting any other version of Devil May Cry for Switch. But I also don't have the sale figures from Capcom in front of me to really back that. But I really wouldn't be surprised if the games didn't light up the charts. Then had a $1.69 donation from Mr. Studmuffin. who writes, if Jack Garland has 1 million fans, then I am one of them. If Jack Garland has 10 fans, then I am one of them. If Jack Garland has only one fan, then that fan is me. If Jark Garland has no fans, then that means I am no longer on Earth. Okay. 
Good to know. Then had a follow-up donation from Mr. Studmuffin of $1.69. And they write, Elden Ring was amazing, but Stranger of Paradise has new DLC that will no doubt do the impossible and improve upon the perfection that is Final Fantasy Origin. Let's just call it now. It's a game of the year and a clear front runner for best narrative. I'm not sure if there's if if he's being serious or not, but I've heard that the gameplay loop on on that game is pretty good, and I am going to go check it out um, this year. I'm going to pick it up. They, they then follow up with another dollar sixty nine cent donation, saying, "Joking aside, damn it, I think this game will become a cult classic in the Final Fantasy series years down the line." We were ready to make fun of it for the memes, but I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. It's silly and stupid at times, but it has so much of an endearing charm. There you go. That that, that has been the word of mouth, is that the game is legitimately good. I'm going to have to try it out. <laughs> we then had a $3 donation from Newt Bar. He writes, can you explain the situation with the 3DS shop being discontinued on the eShop? Most of my games I've bought for Switch are digital. Will putting in a SIM card not keep the game accessible as long as my Switch is functional? Um, I can't explain the 3DS on the eShop closure other than to say that my, uh, Nintendo, you know, they have a history of doing this and look, they're not the only ones that do this, obviously. But yeah, it, it is a very strange situation for me to see that that store get sunset. But I also understand that, you know, um, these games are digital and they have a, they literally have an expiration date associated with them. As far as the second question or the second part about the Switch and the SIM card, I'm not really sure... I assume they mean micro SD. Like an SD card? Hmm. I mean, even for... As long as... If the games are on your SD card... Yeah. They will be accessible. They're preserved, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, even on the 3DS, the shop is being closed. You just you can no longer buy digital games. You but if still, you have games downloaded, you, you can, can still, still re-download and play. Right. So there's nothing to fear on that front. Yeah. For now. For now. <laughs> Event had a dollar sixty-nine cent donation from Mr. Studmuffin. <laughs> he writes, I want to start by saying I love Psychonauts 2. And in, and am super happy it's getting a physical release. That being said, who the fuck do they think they are charging $70 for a physical version <laughs> a year after its release? A PS4 copy for $70. Unbelievable. Very direct question. <laughs> Yeah, MVG. <laughs> Who the F do they think they are? <laughs> I mean, Sony is doing all sorts of weird things with pricing. I don't know what else to say there. You know, it's they were very clear with this generation when it started what what their plans were, you know. Is Psychonauts 2 like a limited print? Like, um, I, I, who's actually bringing the game to market? I don't know. Who's doing that physically? I mean, I would imagine the price is set as it 
is because they're likely assuming a lot of interest is going to be from collectors and not yeah. just the standard consumer. It's a digital, it's um. it's a, is it like a limited physical run type of thing? Yeah. I don't know if it, like it could be. And that's why the price is high because it's never going to be sitting on shelves. It's going to be printed to demand. Right. Or, uh, let's so see. that could be why. I am eight bit is doing the physical, so there you go. That's why the price is what it is. Yeah. Yep. Seventy bucks. Then had a dollar donation from Kiga. He writes MVG. What chance do we have for Quake One remaster to get the original Team Fortress mod? Fifty fifty. Fifty fifty is good. My first online gaming experience was playing Quake Team Fortress as an eight-year-old with my older brother and would love to enjoy this more or enjoy this mod once again. Thanks, MVG and Nate. (laughs) (laughs) That had a $5 donation from CreativeJohn82. Hi, guys. If Nintendo's next system is back compat, would any third parties patch old games with higher resolution and FPS for it? Maybe to get gamers to double dip on games like Monsanto Rise, Witcher 3, or the Doom series. Would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, um, I think um, there is a possibility uh, that that would happen, but it would be up to the developer themselves to determine if they want to do that. A lot of it comes down to how much time do we need to take in doing this and will that then translate into additional sales of that game? Uh, so, you know, I think it's really a case-by-case basis. But I, I would say you're thinking correctly when it comes to, um, you know, how these things would be done, how how patches would work, how updates would work. I think this is the way that it would it would be done. See, it's tough to say... Because if we're talking like Nintendo's next system in terms of like next generation system, which still has, you know, that possibility that it isn't a pure successor to the Switch line where, you know, I mean, it could deviate from the Switch in some way and it has backwards compatibility depending on controller, all those types of inputs and factors. In some cases, it might just be easier for the company also depending on the power range of the hardware itself it could be more beneficial to do a native port of a title like Monster rise to take advantage of that hardware where you could get you know native 4k 120 hertz Mm -hmm. instead of just doing a patch to the switch version right it's more profitable to do the to do that type of path so it would really come down to the configuration of the hardware that nintendo releases now if we're talking about like you know, the pro type revision, then yeah, patch in that sense would definitely be something I would see a publisher contemplate if it is price efficient. Yeah. And our final Streamlabs question for the episode comes from Bruno here, who donated a dollar, and they ask, what's the risk the current eShop for Switch will shut down in the next couple of years? I've accumulated a lot of digital games and I'm afraid of losing them. So I've thought about double dipping for physical games. I love just in case 
Next couple um, of years, there is no risk. But yeah, ten years, years from, now, from now, I would 12. be a little concerned. I mean, ideally, what we see Nintendo and Sony do is follow the path that Microsoft has set, and they just have the uniformed marketplace. Yeah, moving forward with backwards compatibility with these systems, and you know that unifying account and. This is like one area I want to give Sony applause for is that when they brought out the PlayStation Classics onto PS5 and PS4 this year, is that if you had already owned some of those PlayStation 1 games, that it recognized that in your account Mm -hmm. and you could just download them. Yeah. That was something I was not anticipating from Sony. I thought they were 100% going to go the route of... We're not going to recognize those dated purchases. You have to buy it again, like we saw Nintendo from the Wii to the Wii U do with virtual console games. So I believe we are finally at that point in time in terms of technology that all these digital storefronts should just be able to evolve and navigate into the future without any disruption. Older storefronts like the 3DS, the Wii U, eShop, were on outdated ancient storefront architecture and hopefully the switch is nintendo's way of unifying their accounts and digital storefronts moving forward but there's nothing in the immediate to fear now as we mentioned 10 12 years from now that could change but i mean that remains to be seen and that was the final streamlabs question for this week If you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount, ask a question. We will answer it at the end of the episode. And this episode is once again dedicated to Shamsa, who generously donated $100 to support the show. I'd like to thank my co-host, MVG, for joining me as always. Always a pleasure, Nate. Thank you for having me on. It's always a delight to talk. And if you like this episode... Be sure to give the video a like. Let us know your thoughts on the content creation clickbait of Nintendo Directs in the comment section below. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.